Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning to you, DMV. Hope everybody is doing well out there today. 106.7 The Fan is on your AM, FM dial. We are on the stream at thefandc.com as well as the Odyssey app. And however you have decided to tune in this morning, we're just glad you're here with us. I'm Danny Noakes. We've got Vic Ferreira in studio producing the show. 800-636-1067, the MGM National Harbor listener line. If you want to give us a call there. Get in on the conversation, questions, comments, concerns, whatever you might have for us. Give us a holler. We're into the 11 o'clock hour, the final hour of the show. Coming up at noon, we'll just toss it over to CBS Sports Radio. And we were on the topic of birthdays for a brief a brief time in the last segment, just noting that uh, the commander's head coach, Ron Rivera, is having his birthday today. Well, here's another birthday from Nationals history. Alfonso Soriano, he also has a birthday here on January 7th. And if you'll all remember, I certainly do. It was in 2006 when Alfonso Soriano became the fourth player in MLB history to join the 40-40 club, 40 taters, and 40 steals. Happy birthday to Alfonso Soriano. He was one of the original reasons why many of us had a reason to root for the Nationals before they were really any sort of competitive he was playing when the team was still at RFK Stadium, but he was still a lot of fun to watch, and, and I'm definitely grateful for the year that the Nationals had Alfonso Soriano. Pretty productive, too, having been a member of the 40-40 club, and no one has achieved a 40-40 season since then. So pretty remarkable achievement for Soriano that day. And we're on the topic of football, we're going to talk Hall of Fame here in just a second, but something that I wanted to pull from the Twitter of Michael Phillips, the Richmond Times-Dispatch, at Michael P. RTD. In 2000, Washington led the NFL in attendance. That would be there at FedEx Field. Now in 2023, Washington is currently dead last in the NFL in attendance. Phillips adding his commentary saying, 
If Sunday is, in fact, the end of the Dan Snyder era, it is a fitting one, end quote. So that's from Michael Phillips of the Richmond Times-Dispatch. That's on Twitter. He's got an article up on richmond.com where you can read more about that. Yeah, 23 years, first to worst. I would say that's a pretty good encapsulation of the Dan Snyder ownership tenure. And hopefully this is the end of that. This would be the last season, but we just don't know. We don't really have a whole lot of updates around the time frame of when the team might be sold. Same goes for the Nationals, by the way. We could see both the Commanders and the Nationals sold within the same year, or we could only see one of them sold within the next year, another coming a couple of years down the road. Who knows? That's something that we're all just going to have to kind of keep an eye on. But I wanted to talk about the Pro Football Hall of Fame this segment because it released its modern era finalists for the class of 2023 earlier this week. And as soon as it happened, saw the list. I saw who I believe should be locks to get into the Hall of Fame this year. I don't think all of these guys will get in, but immediately from that, a segment was born. And so that's where this comes from. So before I get into who I believe is a lock to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, let's go through quickly the list of modern era finalists for the class of 2023. Starts with Jared Allen. You have Willie Anderson, Rondé Barber, Dwight Freeney, Devin Hester, Tory Holt, Andre Johnson, Albert Lewis, Darrell Rivas, Joe Thomas, Zach Thomas, Demarcus Ware, Reggie Wayne, Patrick Willis, and Darren Woodson. So those are the modern era finalists for the class of 2023 announced this week by the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm going to give you five stone-cold locks here that I believe should be in, no questions asked, and then I'm going to give you three more that should also at some point get into the Hall of Fame. And I wouldn't be surprised if someone from my shorter list of three overtakes someone from my larger list of five. But here you go. Here are my locks. Number one, Darrell Rivas, former cornerback, Rivas Island. I think we all remember Darrell Rivas at his peak, right? You couldn't throw to his side of the field because you weren't going to come up with anything. And there were games where teams would completely just not even try to throw to his side of the field. He would negate the entire side of the field. Darrell Rivas, a four-time first-team All-Pro, a seven-time Pro Bowler, and a Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots. He is the first of these players that I deem to be a stone-cold lock to be a Hall of Famer. Maybe the best chance to get in and and the best case for anybody to be a stone-cold lock in terms of their Hall of Fame resume, probably Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas played for some very bad teams there in Cleveland, but he was the complete opposite. He was consistent. He was nasty. He was an incredibly sound offensive tackle, and it resulted in Joe Thomas being named a six-time first-team All-Pro. Nobody on this list is going to have been named first-team All-Pro more times than Joe Thomas. He's also a two-time second-team All-Pro, so eight times did he make an All-Pro team, not to mention he's a 10-time Pro Bowler. Joe Thomas is the epitome of consistency even when your team is not very good. He was still playing at the most elite level in the NFL. I don't think that we're going to hear anybody argue against whether or not Joe Thomas should be in the Hall of Fame. Now, guy with the same last name, but no relation as I understand it, Zach Thomas, former inside linebacker with the Miami Dolphins, 
also a pretty darn good player in his day. Five-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro. So that would be seven times that he make an All-Pro team to go along with the seven times that he made the Pro Bowl. He also led the league in tackles twice. Yeah, so that's a, a pretty darn good career. DeMarcus Ware is another guy that I believe to be a stone-cold lock to be in the Hall of Fame. DeMarcus Ware is the Cowboys' all-time sacks leader, four-time All-Pro, not to mention DeMarcus Ware also won a Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos, and he's got more than just a handful of Pro Bowl nods as well. Ware was incredibly feared as a pass rusher at the peak of his powers. I believe that he is also a stone-cold lock to get in. His resume is actually even more impressive than I remember it because it, it, it felt like his drop-off was so steep once the injuries started to catch up with him and, and he ultimately had to call it a career. DeMarcus Ware, though, he's a lock. Throw him into the Hall of Fame. And my final player that I believe to be a lock here, maybe not the trendiest name, but it's Patrick Willis former inside linebacker for the San Francisco 49ers. Willis was as dominant a player in his eight seasons as there was at his position in the NFL and, and across any position. If you stack him up against his, his teammates, anyone that he was competing against. All right, Patrick Willis in eight seasons was a five-time first-team All-Pro. Joe Thomas is the only player on this list that made – first-team All-Pro more times than Patrick Willis. Zach Thomas was also a five-time first-team All-Pro. Willis, a one-time second-team All-Pro, a seven-time Pro Bowler. He led the league in tackles twice, played in a Super Bowl, did not get the win. The Niners, led by Colin Kaepernick, lost to the Baltimore Ravens that year. But Patrick Willis was someone that, if you remember watching him as dominant and inside linebacker, the game has seen certainly since the likes of Ray Lewis, but I'll get to him in just a second because Ray Lewis has an identical career to somebody else that I believe that should be in the Hall of Fame that's not going to go into the Hall of Fame, at least not anytime soon. The other three guys that I, I do believe are also deserving to get into the Hall, I just don't have them the same stone-cold locks as I do my first five guys. I got Dwight Freeney, three-time first-team All-Pro, one-time second-team All-Pro, seven-time Pro Bowler, and the NFL's sack leader, in 2004, a lot of guys started using the spin move on the defensive line after Dwight Freeney really made it his signature move. And, of course, Dwight won a Super Bowl with the Indianapolis Colts in 2007 with Peyton Manning at the helm. They beat the Chicago Bears that year. Rondé Barber is also someone that probably deserves the nod. He's a three-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro, and a five-time Pro Bowler. Barber won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after the 2002 season. He was very consistent throughout a long NFL career as well. Spent some time in the broadcast booth, but I think Rondé Barber has a pretty darn good resume when you stack him up against a lot of these guys. And one of those guys would be someone that he no doubt lined up against at least a time or two in his NFL career, and that would be Andre Johnson out of the University of Miami and one of the Houston Texans franchise history's most effective players. And they've had some good ones, but Andre Johnson was a two-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro, a seven-time Pro Bowler. Didn't play for teams that really had any real chance of getting to the Super Bowl or, or making a deep playoff run. Sort of like Joe Thomas, but Andre Johnson did play on some teams that, that 
were definitely better than the teams that Joe Thomas played for there in Cleveland. So those are my three guys that I do believe also should get into the Hall of Fame. I just don't have them as highly ranked as as my top five. But you could vote all eight of those guys in this year. It just depends on what ends up happening. Now, why did I mention Ray Lewis when I was talking about Patrick Willis? Well, Ray Lewis is obviously in the Hall of Fame now. And I think it's a shame that we'll never see London Fletcher make the Hall of Fame because there's a graphic that gets posted on Twitter every single year at some point during football season where it's a comparison of Ray Lewis's career statistics and London Fletcher's career statistics. And they're almost identical. Ray Lewis has more career sacks. London Fletcher has more career tackles. I believe he did it in less career games. London Fletcher, like Ray Lewis, won a Super Bowl early in his career. Ray Lewis has two. I do realize that, but... London Fletcher did win a Super Bowl with the Rams there in the late 90s. So to me, you stack all of that, that resume up there. He doesn't have the Pro Bowl nods because he played a lot of his career for Buffalo in the AFC where, of course, Ray Lewis was playing. So he just wasn't as flashy a guy. He wasn't as outspoken, but he was just as effective a player as Ray Lewis was. So to me, there's no excuse for him to not be in, but I don't know if he's still eligible. And at this point, I don't know if he's making anybody's shortlist. So my stone cold locks are Darrell Revis, Joe Thomas, Zach Thomas, DeMarcus Ware, Patrick Willis. I think Dwight Freeney, Rondé Barber, and Andre Johnson also be- uh, belong in the Hall of Fame. But feel free to let me know if you agree or disagree. 800 636 1067 is the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Let's step aside. We'll take a quick break and we'll look at the national championship game that we've got coming up on Monday. Georgia and TCU, two very different programs, but two programs riding a lot of momentum right now. Should be a fun matchup. Other college football news from the transfer portal coming your way. That's coming up next on 1067 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Just a few segments to go this morning on 106.7 The Fan. Thanks for joining us. I'm Danny Noakes. The great Vic Ferreira in studio producing the show. 800-636-1067. That's the MGM National Harbor listener line. You can contact us that way or you can send us a tweet. I'm there at Danny Noakes. You can also tweet the station at 1067 The Fan. 
if that tickles your fancy as well. Going to talk some college football here in this segment. we got the national championship coming up on Monday evening. So this news coming across my timeline, because these are the sort of accounts that I follow, uh, John Williams, according to Variety, has supposedly composed a new score for the college football national championship. Again, that's from Variety. If you don't know who John Williams is, shame on you. No, I'm just kidding. But John Williams, for those who don't know him off the top of your head, that's the guy that composed the score for Star Wars, Indiana Jones, the original Superman movies. He's one of the most famous, if not the most famous composer in the film industry. So John Williams composing a new score for the college football national championship game. Eh, Maybe that's something that we'll have to keep an ear out for, right? Well, as for the game itself, I think we're going to have a really good contest. And if you want some analysis from someone who played the college game at a pretty high level under head coach Frank Beamer was an all-big East offensive lineman, we caught up with my buddy Dwight Vick in the 10 o'clock hour, about 10.30, that Dwight joined us. So you can use the rewind function on either the Odyssey app or on our stream at thefandc.com to go back and listen to it, or you can just check it out via the podcast later on when it gets published. But in that conversation with Dwight, we both agreed we're taking Georgia to win this game, win this national championship. But much like the college football playoff semifinal games that we watched last weekend, actually expecting it to be a little bit closer than the college football playoff has given us over you know the first eight or so years of its existence. And and now we're not long from it being expanded to 12 teams, which to me, I don't think is going to make anything more competitive. You might have an, another couple of upsets or two with more teams competing in this college football playoff. But I think when it comes down to the final three or four teams and certainly the national championship game, you're still going to get very similar results. But the thought is that as you get more teams to be involved in the college football playoff, that, that exposure, the ability and opportunity to play more games later into the season will potentially slightly more so even out the playing field for the other schools that aren't Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, and and the other teams that are perennially in the college football playoff. As it stands right now, and the game is probably going to kick off somewhere around 9 o'clock that night. Coverage, I believe, starts at 7.30, but it's always a lot of pomp and circumstance when it comes to this. Actually, I don't think it'll tip at quite 9 like the college basketball national championship will. It'll probably be closer to 8 or 8.30, but still, it's going to keep you up late. So, you know, bear that in mind as you get ready to make your plans for the national championship game. But as it stands right now, we know TCU is 13-1. and They're the champions of the Fiesta Bowl. They are not the champions of the Big 12, having lost to Kansas State, while the Georgia Bulldogs are undefeated once again, 14-0. and And 12.5-point favorites. The Georgia Bulldogs are Peach Bowl champions, as well as the SEC champions. The Peach Bowl basically played in Georgia's backyard. I know Atlanta and Athens are not super close to one another, but the fact that you didn't have to cross state lines if you're a Georgia fan to go watch your team play in a college football playoff game, that makes things a lot easier, does it not? And one of the keys to what Dwight and I were talking about when referencing the Fiesta Bowl, TCU in Michigan, 
why was TCU able to win that game? Well, it started out looking like Michigan was going to have the upper hand. They ripped off a big run early in the game. But ultimately, this game was played at the pace that TCU would have wanted to play at, right? We know the Big 12, they don't play a lot of defense, but more importantly, they love to air it out. They score a lot of points in that conference, and that's what we are used to seeing out of teams like Oklahoma when Lincoln Riley was still there. Now he's moved on to USC, and, and Brent Venables came in to coach the Sooners this year, did not have nearly the same amount of success, and Venables is a defensive mind, whereas Lincoln Riley, an offensive mind. It's also the same conference that Patrick Mahomes came out of. Texas Tech was never a college football playoff contender or anything close to that while Patrick Mahomes was in school at Texas Tech. But look at his numbers. He had some pretty impressive numbers at Texas Tech. That's because they love to air it out in that conference. If you're not scoring points, you're going to fall behind. So I think if you're TCU, this game against Georgia, you got to find a way to... to to try and play at that pace again, right? I look at a couple of key guys on this TCU offense that are going to have to step up like they have over the last couple of weeks to, to make that come to fruition. And, of course, it starts with their quarterback, Max Duggan, a Heisman finalist, did not win the Heisman as Caleb Williams out of USC did. But Duggan with 32 touchdowns on the year, he's thrown for just north of 3,500 yards and six interceptions. Not as many yards as Stetson Bennett has thrown for, but a significant amount more in terms of touchdowns. Bennett has thrown for just north of 3,800 yards, but only 23 touchdowns to his seven interceptions. But it was Stetson Bennett who stepped up in a spot where less folks probably thought that he would in the game against Ohio State. Threw for a ton of yardage, three touchdowns, did have an interception, but... Stetson Bennett really coming through when the Georgia Bulldogs needed him, and, and you would hope so. Stetson Bennett is is certainly a veteran on that team, and, and that would be putting it nicely or lightly. Another couple of guys, too, for TCU, if, if they're going to pull off this upset, Kendra Miller, their running back, who's run for 1,399 yards, so one yard shy of 1,400 this season. That's 15th in the NCAA, 17 touchdowns on the ground, which is tied for eighth, averaging 6.2 yards per carry. A very effective running back there. However, he's listed as questionable for Monday's showdown with Georgia. That's Steven Johnson of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram reporting. Now, they're not exactly disclosing the injury of Miller, but with 57 yards on eight attempts, in the game against Michigan, for a good for a seven-yard per carry average. Yeah, they're going to need to find a way to give him the ball more and see if they can't let him get loose in the game against Georgia. But that'll be tough because Georgia obviously has guys at every level of their defense that can make plays. Another guy to, to keep an eye on, I think, for TCU is Quinton Johnston, who this season has 1,066 receiving yards and six touchdowns. Averaging 18 yards per catch, 59 catches total. He had a very big and explosive game against Michigan in the Fiesta Bowl. Six catches for 163 yards, one receiving touchdown. That is 27 yards per catch. So if TCU can move the ball at that clip, things are going to be very interesting come Monday night. What's also interesting here is that Georgia... Given 12.5 points right now, nearly two touchdown favorites are the Bulldogs to try and complete their back-to-back -back national championship chase. And as you, as you look at 
the statistical leaders in each of the three major categories, passing, rushing, and receiving yards on the offensive side of the ball, it's very clear that TCU has an advantage there. But then you start to go down the tail of the tape a little bit more. And the points per game, TCU's only averaging just under two points per game more than Georgia is this season. But the Bulldogs are surrendering nearly two touchdowns fewer than the TCU Horned Frogs are. And you start to talk about yardage, right? TCU plays in the high-flying Big 12. Georgia in, in a, a very talented SEC. Georgia actually averages about 20 yards more per game as a team. And a lot of that comes from their ability to throw the ball. 293 yards through the air per game to just 269.6 for TCU. So I know I'm throwing a lot of numbers at you. I'll stop right there. But when it comes down to it, it's obvious why you see Georgia is the heavy favorites in this game. Nearly two touchdowns to remind you. But TCU has a lot of guys that can, if they can get on the board early, if they can put a little bit of doubt into the Georgia defense early in the first half of this game, that it's going to make things a lot more difficult. Although Georgia now knows that they can weather the storm in a game like this because they trailed by a couple of touchdowns in both halves against the Ohio State Buckeyes this past weekend. So Ohio State led 21-7 in the first half and 38-24 in the fourth quarter. They overcame both of those to come back and win. Now, real quick, as we go to a break, just a little ACC quarterback news. Former UVA quarterback Brennan Armstrong is going to stay in the ACC, but he's transferring to NC State, so he will be a member of the Wolfpack next year, no longer a Virginia Cavalier. And then former Wake Forest quarterback Sam Hartman, who I anticipate will be a pretty solid NFL prospect next season, no longer playing for the Demon Deacons. He is off to Notre Dame, where he has transferred to. He's going to be a member of the Fighting Irish all right, that'll do it for this segment. We'll come back. We've got two segments to go here this morning on 106.7 The Fans. Stick around. We've got more to get to. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. The MGM National Harbor Listener Lines, they are open for one more segment. That's where we will go right now. Got some calls waiting. Let's go to Sean in Woodbridge. Sean, thanks so much for the call this morning. How's it going? Hello. 
Hey, Sean, what's going on hey, this morning? Hey, How are you? Hey, yeah. I'm all right. I'm hanging in there. Hey, look, man, I, I, I want to run this past you. I want to see mm-hmm. what you think about this. Okay. okay. I'm going to start off with a Poland. Remember, a Poland left. I mean, well, he sold the team. Okay. And he took the name with him. He can go on about that situation with bullets and crime in the city. That's bull. I grew up in the city. I had nothing to do with that. He took his legacy with him. Now, in that same situation, Dan knows he has to sell his team. He knows he has to do it. He's be dumb. He'd be dumb if he didn't. But right. look at everything he's done when he knows that it's inevitable he has to sell it. He's making sure that whoever sells, whoever he sells this team to comes into a real bad situation. He's going out real bitter. And the only way to show it is to botch stuff. Botching, <laughs> botching Sean Taylor's situation, Sonny's, uh, botching the, the, uh, 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 the mascot, all this stuff. That's not a coincidence. There's no way somebody can tell me it's a coincidence. This man is going out real bitter. And to hold that sale, if he can hold it up as long as he wants just to make sure Rivera doesn't get fired, that's, that's what he's going to do. Yeah. Like this, this, I mean, I want you to look at it and see what you think about that. You know, I want to hear your, your take on it. Yeah, Sean, thank you for the call, man. I, I appreciate it. I agree with you. I definitely think Dan Snyder is currently and will continue to make it as difficult as possible for this team to be sold and later for whoever ends up buying the team to put them in as poor a situation as possible because you know dan snyder i compare him to jerry jones for several reasons one they're good friends but what they share in common is their desire to receive credit for the success of their football team and that was the dispute that got jimmy johnson out of dallas despite the fact that he's one of the best coaches that that franchise has ever had maybe second behind tom landry but jerry jones wanted credit for the super bowls that jimmy johnson won and it was obvious that Jimmy Johnson played a much bigger role in winning those Super Bowls because as Jerry Jones has continued to try and meddle in the Dallas Cowboys front office dealings and and constructing the roster, they haven't won in almost just as long as the Redskins football team slash commanders. So I think there's a lot of similarities there. Now, obviously, Jerry's not going anywhere anytime soon. Dan is likely going to be forced to sell one way or another, but what Sean was saying, I do think that he's going to to go out kicking and screaming, if you will. And I don't know if he's, if Sean kind of thinks it sounds like that he's doing it consciously where he's truly trying to make this as hard as possible uh, for, for the team to be sold and for whoever that comes in. I think he's just bad at his job. I think he's just a bad NFL owner, right? We've had for two decades, him trying to, to, get this team back to the point where they're even regularly competing for the playoffs, right? They make the playoffs every four to five years on a one-off thing, and then they they sink back down into mediocrity. Well, Snyder's been trying to do this for years, and, and nothing has worked. He's proven that he is completely inept as a football owner. So would I put it past him that he's purposefully trying to make this as as hard as possible on everybody involved from – the NFL and all of the current owners to Roger Goodell to whoever ends up buying the team, would I put it past him making it as hard as possible on those people? No. But would I also put it past him to, to him just being an idiot? Also, no, because he is. He's proven that he can't do his job very well. Now, it gives me great pleasure to change up the subject here from football to hockey and break a little bit of news here this morning on 106.7 The Fan. 
Nicholas Backstrom, the second all-time leading point scorer in team history, is officially back from his hip injury. Nicholas Backstrom activated by the Washington Capitals this morning, and he will appear in the Caps next game, which is tomorrow evening. I believe it's a 5 p.m. puck drop at home inside Capital One Arena against the Columbus Blue Jackets, the team that the Capitals beat 6-2 to on Thursday night, and Nicholas Backstrom will return to the lineup in front of a home crowd. So fantastic news for the Caps, who are coming off a 3-2 loss to the Nashville Predators at home last night. Backstrom, 747 career assists. That's the franchise record. Second in team history career points, as we said. He's got 1,011 of them. Hopefully, it means that Tom Wilson, who's recovering from a completely different injury, will also be back in the lineup very soon. We talked to Matt Wyrick, NBC Sports Washington's Capitals coverage, all the way back in the 9 o'clock hour, about 9.30. Go back check out that conversation. Obviously, we did not have the news that Backstrom would be activated this morning as of that conversation happening. But since then, Matt has published on NBCSports.com, NBC Sports Washington, an article detailing Nicholas Backstrom's return just like he knew he would be back in the action. So go check that out at by Matt Wyrick on Twitter. Check out his latest article. I actually really like how he set this up for Backstrom, talking about how Backstrom had been dealing with the effects of this chronic hip injury for years, and last year was when it really started to catch up with him, only appeared in 47 games, his fewest of any season in a decade. He's now 35 years old, but the impact of the hip injury on his day-to-day life is ultimately what led him to trying to get the surgery, and this hip surgery that he had, you'll understand that it's something... A lot of professional athletes have to have done, but whether or not they come back from that hip injury is a completely different question. It's not easy. So Backstrom was having trouble doing simple things like playing with his kids, tying his shoes. And again, a shaky history of professional athletes coming back from this type of thing, it led there to be doubt. But I love how Matt sort of lays it out in this article on NBC Sports Washington talking about how He made this decision for Backstrom, the father, and he said Backstrom, the hockey player, can figure things out from there. Backstrom, the father and husband, by the way. So Nicholas Backstrom is going to be back in the lineup for the Capitals tomorrow when they face off with the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's fantastic news. He's going to give a lineup that has has really started to figure things out over the last couple of games, right? 12-3-3 over their their last uh, 18 games. That's a pretty darn good mark considering they haven't had Backstrom or Tom Wilson. Backstrom will be back. They're still missing Wilson. We'll see exactly when Wilson comes back into the lineup. Last year, Tom was having the best season of his career. 24 goals, 28 assists, 52 points. All career highs for him. Not to mention his first career NHL All-Star appearance as well. Nicholas Backstrom returns to the Capitals lineup tomorrow against Columbus. That's your breaking news here this morning on 106.7 The Fan. The Capitals have activated him this morning. It's great news for the Caps and fans across the DMV. Let's get out of here, though. We'll step aside. We'll take a quick break. It'll be our final break of the morning. So stick around. We'll wrap up the show next on 106.7 The Fan. Wrapping up the show here on a Saturday morning, January 7th, 2023. 
106.7 The Fan coming through your speakers, AM, FM, dial, the Odyssey app, and on the stream at thefandc.com. We appreciate you being with us, whether you're just tuning in for the first couple of seconds or minutes of this segment, or you've been with us for most of the last three hours. We're just glad that you were here. As we wrap up the show this morning, figured we would kind of go back through some of the most important things to know about this weekend when it comes to the NFL, the playoff scenarios, as well as the breaking news that we just delivered here out of Washington, D.C. in the last segment with regards to Capitals hockey. So if we begin with the NFL, in the wake of the cancellation of the Monday, of Monday's bills Bengals game, there were several scenarios based on Week 18 results that were approved for holding the AFC Championship game at a neutral site. And NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell officially announcing that yesterday the 24 out of 32 three-fourths majority of the owners that was needed to approve those changes was in fact met. So this will be the case. And there are several things to know about these scenarios for the Bills, Chiefs, and Bengals. So here it comes. If Buffalo and Kansas City both win or tie, a Bills-Chiefs championship game would be at a neutral site. If Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Baltimore wins or ties, a Bills-Chiefs championship game would also be at a neutral site. Now, if Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Buffalo is 12-3, and Kansas City's 13-3, and and then Cincinnati at 11-4 and were to win a Bills or Bengals versus the Chiefs championship game would be at a neutral site. I know this is a lot to take in. Now, the final scenario here is if the Ravens win Sunday over the Bengals and are matched against Cincinnati in an AFC wildcard game, the site would be determined by a coin flip. If Cincinnati wins or if the two teams are not matched against each other after a potential Ravens win, Regular scheduling procedures would be used. So that's a lot of information being thrown at you at once, and it's kind of hard to really process it if you haven't looked at it on paper or on a screen yet, seen it in writing. But essentially, what this is likely going to come down to is it probably will be a neutral site game, right? There's very few scenarios where the Bills, Chiefs, or Bengals won Two, if two of those three teams play in an AFC championship game, chances are it will be at a neutral site. That's just assuming that these teams are able to take care of their business in their respective games this weekend. And the Bills play the Patriots, the Chiefs play the Raiders, while the uh, the Bengals get their game up here in just a second. The Bengals will be playing the Baltimore Ravens. So... That's probably the toughest matchup that any of those three teams have. But those are the scenarios that could play out here. And I know it's a lot, so I don't blame you if you you need me to read them back. But we'll have to save that for another time. Now, the breaking news from the last segment that we got you just a couple of minutes ago is the great news that Nicholas Backstrom, the center for the Washington Capitals, who's missed a great deal of time yet to play this season, second career all-time point scorer in Capitals history. He has been activated by the Capitals. He is officially back, and he will make his season debut against the Columbus Blue Jackets tomorrow at Capital One Arena. That is a 5 p.m. puck drop. Great for, for Backstrom to get back not only 
in this crucial part of the season where the Capitals have been playing really well, coming off a loss to Nashville last night, but a 12-3-3 record over their last 18 games, despite not having Nicholas Backstrom or Tom Wilson. It's been an incredibly impressive run by them, and now adding some firepower back. Coaching staff will have some decisions to make because – you know, you, you've got guys like uh, Nicholas Abe Kubel, uh, as well as Sonny Milano, who ha- have really stepped up their game, particularly Milano over a longer stretch of time. But Abe Kubel has now scored goals in back-to-back games. They're going to have to shift some of the lines up, not just with Nicholas Backstrom coming back, but at some point you have to expect Tom Wilson to return as well. And Wilson, no word on him just yet, but we know he's close to being back with the team full force. He's been practicing for the last few days. So the news is good. The vibes are positive around the Washington Capitals right now. Nicholas Backstrom activated this morning by the Caps and will be in action against Columbus tomorrow with puck drop scheduled for 5 p.m. I moved over from the NFL a little bit too quickly because I just wanted to let folks know we do have two games tonight. One that starts a little bit earlier in the evening, 4.30 kickoff. Mentioned the Chiefs-Raiders game. Kansas City against Las Vegas, heading to the Sin City. Patrick Mahomes and company trying to wrap up the number one overall seed. But we just went through all of the different scenarios where if the Chiefs are through to the AFC Championship, game could be played at a neutral site depending on who they meet and how the Bills and the Bengals perform in their games this weekend. The other game tonight, 8-15, is Tennessee at Jacksonville, the AFC South de facto championship game. Jags 8-8, eight and eight, Tennessee 7-9. and nine. Jags won the first meeting between these two teams in Tennessee earlier this season. I tend to think Jacksonville, the team that's playing with more momentum, the team that really has been playing better the last couple of weeks. And Derrick Henry, who missed the last game against Dallas, coming back, I still think that this ha- this game has Jacksonville written all over it. Trevor Lawrence has really taken a positive step forward this season. You've got him handing the ball off to his college teammate, Travis Etienne. Not to mention, they have a pretty darn good core of receivers that begins with Christian Kirk, an offseason signing who they gave a, a pretty contract to. Evan Ingram, though, has also been just a godsend for Trevor Lawrence and has had several big games to put them in a position now at 8-8, eight and eight, where if they win one more game, they will win the AFC South and get into the playoffs. I think them making the playoffs for the first time since 2017 would be a pretty cool story. And we, of course, remember the 2017 season was the year that Jacksonville went to the AFC Championship game, led by Blake Bortles, Leonard Fournette, and Jalen Ramsey. They had a heck of a defense And they actually did win a shootout in Pittsburgh that year, if you all will remember. That was the Killer Bees, Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown. I think that actually may have been the last time that we saw those three on the field together was that AFC playoff game between Pittsburgh and Jacksonville. That was in Pittsburgh that Jacksonville won. So, Jags with a chance to get back to the playoffs tonight. They'll host Tennessee. That's an 8-15 kickoff. Both games, by the way, folks, ABC, ESPN, You can watch it on either of those channels. And, of course, we'll all have our eyes one way or another. Maybe you won't because you've tuned out at this point. But at 425 on Sunday, it's the season finale for the Washington Commanders as well. They'll be hosting the Dallas Cowboys 
Again, 425 kickoff from FedEx Field. Sonny Jurgensen retirement ceremony, or Jersey retirement ceremony, that is, will be happening that day as well. Dallas vying for the NFC East title, where at 425, the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia will be doing the same thing as they host the New York Giants. So the 425 window of Sunday's games will be pretty much entirely focused on the NFC East, with the exception of the Rams-Seahawks game, which matters for the Lions because Detroit and Green Bay will play for a chance to go to the playoffs at 820 on Sunday night. But for Detroit to get in, they need not only to win, they also need Seattle to lose, whereas Green Bay can get in just with a win. So, whew, that's a lot, ladies and gentlemen. That is a lot of information coming at you in the final segment, but it's all important and it's all good for a great weekend of sports. That's just going about going to do it for us today. CBS Sports Radio coming up next on 106.7 The Fan. Thanks so much to my producer, Vic Ferreira. A fantastic job on the board, as always. And thank you to my guests, Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington's Capitals coverage and Dwight Vick, a former Virginia Tech offensive line where he was an all-Big East player. Everybody have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy the season finale of football in the NFL as well as the national championship game on Monday. Until next time, be safe, be kind, and be well. I'm out of here. Deuces. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t